All right, good morning, church family. Turn your Bibles to James chapter 3 as we jump in here today. And we're going to be walking through uh, and learning from James chapter 3. For those of you that are certified plumbers, uh, you'll know exactly what this is. For those of you that are DIY plumbers, you'll know what this is. Uh, This is a connector that goes from the cold water supply into the tank of a toilet. Two weeks ago, this little guy failed on us and began to cause uh, water damage that started in the far corner in the kids' bathroom to go all the way down through the office to which we had to vacate, and then it went all the way down to the bottom floor in that uh, there's a small room by the youth room down there. We were actually going to do some Christmas planning, and so we had it decorated and uh, ready to go. We were going to play some games with marshmallows because we're fun people like that. And, and come to find out that those floors were actually like the floor was covered in water. Now, did you know that this little guy right here and uh, on average somewhere between four and six dollars for this little part and because it failed to direct the water it is going to cost upwards of tens of thousands of dollars in damage something so small something so insignificant until it stops doing what it should be doing And so, lo and behold, we went around to every toilet tank, and we looked and investigated to see if there was anything else out there that needed to to be replaced. Uh, It's one of those things that you don't realize what's going on in the corrosion until you actually look at it. We don't have it on our checklist to go around and look at the toilet tanks. Um, We do now. We do now so that we can go around. Something so small that's just always there stops doing what it should be doing, And it turns out to be a really big problem. Did you know that you have something a lot like this in your mouth? Did you know that you have something inside of your mouth that is supposed to, as a believer, be guided a certain direction? And yet there are times in which it isn't exactly guided the way that it's supposed to be guided. You can speak life into people with this little thing. And you can also speak death into people with this little thing. A number of years ago, I had to be between seven and nine or around that years old, and my sister was getting ready for a birthday party. Now, to an adult, we know that there was a level of joking that was occurring. As a little kid, thinking he's funny, just taking in the world around him, I heard just kind of this joke, like looking forward to presents, and oh yeah, by the way, if if they don't bring a present, they're not allowed in, right? Joking, having fun, didn't mean it in any way. Well, little Gordy goes out when his sister is meeting her friend, and I declare, you don't have a gift, you can't come in. And the friend was debating whether or not to come, because she didn't get a gift. And then Kimmy had to spend the time helping her see that her little brother's an idiot, and doesn't know any better, and it's okay We just, and as a little one, we'd say, oh, well, you just don't have that filter yet. Yes, but there's so much damage that can be done. As adults, we at times still don't have the filter. And we say things, and we can be so obnoxious, and we can be so distracting. 
kind of like my little friend here. Did anybody come in this morning and find this to be somewhat obnoxious? Somewhat, dis- <laughs> they're like, right here, can you please turn it off? During the time, I can't believe this was on while we were singing. It's in the church of all places. We're singing and I can't take my eyes. I keep thinking of the Rolling Stones album, which I wasn't when I got it. I just wanted a big tongue on the wall. And you started thinking about maybe your past. You started thinking about songs. You maybe started singing some songs when we were singing other songs. And you found yourself being distracted and then so distracted, maybe even frustrated and confused. That little thing inside of your mouth has the power to do the same thing. And I simply wanted you to feel that this morning. I wanted you to be aware of the fact that something as silly as this that distracted you and bothered you and annoyed you and kind of like, what in the world's going on there? We have the same capacity through our words, through what we say. We're going to look at three primary elements on how words matter. We're going to look at what, we, what you say matters, how you say it matters, and how much you say matters. We're going to look at James. I'm going to read through James chapter 3 as I have been reading through the chapter. It's a shorter chapter, so we're going to read through that rather quickly today. And then I'm going to saturate that with more scripture. The Bible has so much to say about the tongue. The Bible has so much to say about our words. The Bible has so much to say about what we say. And I just want us to flood ourselves with Proverbs and understanding through that. There's going to be so much you're going to get today that I would encourage you possibly to even write a lot of this down. Some of it in which is in your uh, sermon notebooks, your message notebooks that you have, that if you, would have, if you got one on the way in, otherwise you can grab one on your way out, you'll be able to follow along with that. But there's so much scripture we're going to kind of go over today. I want us to get a picture, not to necessarily remember everything, but to be aware of the fact that the Bible really does have a great deal to say about what we have to say. James 1.19 tells us, understand this, my brothers and sisters, that you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Perhaps there's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth. Slow to speak, quick to listen. James 1.26, if you claim, or if you, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. The tongue can be rather obnoxious and distracting as well. The power of the tongue, it speaks life. These are those moments when you go up to somebody and you speak truth to them. I'm excited to be in your life. I'm excited to be your friend. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for that. I want you to know you did a great job today. I want you to know that I'm with you. I want you to, and we speak life and we speak truth into them. Even if there's levels of correction, there's levels of speaking life. So it's not just positive affirmation, but rather I'm going to speak life into you. So I'm going to tell you some helpful tips as well. That's life-giving. Speak the truth in love. 
I can also speak deaf. I can also run off at the mouth. I can also say things that will take you from here down to here very quickly. We know this also. We know this so well. We probably know it better than speaking life from other people, especially These are those moments where you feel like you're just on top of the world and you have that very faithful person that comes to you to pop your bubble at any chance. Hey, did you know? That's probably not going to work out. Did you really consider that? Why would you do that? In such a way that actually speaks death. Now, you can speak truth without even speaking death. Why does this matter? Because if you really are a Christian, you're going to live like it. If you're really not a Christian, you're going to live like it. We've been saying this consistently as we go through the book of James, as we look at the book of James as being what it is. It's a book talking about Christian maturity. And that's why we've been going through our big ideas as an outline of James. In chapter 1, we looked at how a mature believer practices patience in trials. Last week, we looked at how a mature believer practices truth, actually lives it out. Faith without works is dead. And so we need to... A mature believer actually practices out these things. So you're, pa- you're practicing patience and trials. You're practicing truth. And today, we're going to look at how a mature believer practices self-control. And specifically, we're going to hone in on that little piece in our mouth that can speak both life and also death. It can get us great rewards. It can get us in a lot of trouble. Just out of curiosity, uh, whoever got in trouble for saying something? (laughs) Right? So it appears it's very natural for us to say things, and they can very easily either be taken wrong, or it just completely comes out wrong. I've said things to my wife, and she looked at me, and I went, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. Or I have an awkward pause in my statement, and she goes, what? Well, you didn't let me finish. Like long pause, like weird pause. We say things, and it can certainly get us in trouble. Through James 3, we're going to be able to observe some consistent language, such as perfect, prove it, fruit of good deeds. This continual thought that James has all through his letter that he wrote. Again, remember, scattered believers, Jewish believers, Messianic Jews that are scattered uh, away from their homeland due to persecution, primarily persecution of their own families, other, other Jews, because if you're not Jewish, well then, hey, th- this is the only way to do it. And if you're choosing this Jesus, this rabbi, then you're out. We don't want any part of you anymore. So these people were scattered abroad and they had to set up new life, new lives. And they began to meet together as churches. And so this is a letter that James, the half-brother of Jesus, is writing to the churches. He's the primary, he's the lead pastor, if you will, of the church in Jerusalem. And he's writing this out to people to let them know. I'm telling you what, people that are like scattered abroad and they're probably having a hard time being away from all they've ever known. And yet he's coming at them saying, hey, don't forget this, don't forget that. Because you never stop, ta- you never take a break from being a believer. Go on vacation, take a break from, being, from your job, no doubt. But understand, God will always use you in some capacity. You don't get to leave your Christianese at home and then go be a jerk on vacation. Not allowed. 
Because if you truly are a believer, you just live it out. You don't take Jesus with you. You live it out. It's who you are. It's not what you do. So let's look at James chapter 3 here. A lot of it speaks pretty much for itself. It's pretty uh, direct. Uh, But let's go through James chapter 3 together. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, as I typically do. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can, can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body... The tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. James is not beating around the bush. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue it is a restless and evil full of it is restless and evil full of deadly poison sometimes it praises our lord and father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of god and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth surely my brothers and sisters this is not right Does a spring of water bubble up uh, out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Right? So he's making clear observations, statements that are obvious. They would look at this and go, no, duh, uh, in their language, of course. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Being that this was a letter and this is a continual thought, this makes direct uh, relation to the fact of what we say here. Living an honorable life. Doing good works with with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous... There is a selfish ambition in your heart. Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, um, unspiritual, and demonic. Demonic. Who would place such a label? James. For whoever there, for whoever there is jealous, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Heavenly Father, as we've read your word, please open our eyes to what you have for us today as we learn from this truth. In Jesus' name, all God's people say, and amen. 
As I said, the Word of God is just, all, all 66 books is just jam-packed, flooded with information, with content, with truth, with Proverbs even, of, of what it means to guard your tongue, watch what you say. We're going to look at three primary elements. This is not going to... This is not going to fulfill all of James chapter 3. In fact, there's two primary things that you could do on your own study is to look at the different kinds of wisdom that we read about at the end of James 3. The kind of wisdom that produces this is earthly wisdom and, and what it looks like, but also godly wisdom and what that looks like. You could go home and make that your devotionals this week as observations. For today, we're going to look at what you say matters, how you say it matters, and how much you say matters. I'm sure there's much more that you can glean from even chapter 3 or all of scripture, but this is what we're going to focus on today. What you say matters. It's one of those things that no matter how you say that, it's not going to go well for you. It's one of those situations where you just need to change what you're saying. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 28 says this, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking the mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. So think carefully about what you're going to say, right? So slow to speak. So you want to be very careful. Speak slowly. Don't rush in to what you think you need to say. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and the whole time you're talking, they're going, right? They're just waiting for you to take an, a kind of a breath so they can unload whatever they've been thinking about. They may not really even be paying attention much to you, and you'll know they're doing this because you'll find yourself speeding up trying to get the information out to kind of get out of their way. And they're always trying... And I'm painfully aware of the fact that when I'm in a conversation, I can dominate the conversation. So I want to be very careful to like slow, slow it down. Right? Because what you say matters. I don't want to just unload words for the sake of words. Proverbs 21:23 says, Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. That's good until I go, right? In the proper time, that's going to be just funny. But it can get you in trouble nonetheless. But the what I say really matters. And there are times it's better for me just to be quiet. Uh, in high school, my basketball coach, uh, his name was Scott, a uh, great guy that guided me as a teenager in many, many ways. I knew him for about uh, four years, and then we just kind of, uh, kind of went our separate ways and such. And, and so he used to say something to me that was so important to the way that I was living. He says, Gordon, it's always better for you to remain quiet and for people to think you're stupid than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Now, I understand in 2023, we would go, you mean to tell me an educator said that? Yeah, but in 96 and 98, you were allowed to say that to people. So it wasn't a thing. I wasn't offended. I didn't have trauma from it. I didn't have to do anything different with my schooling whatsoever because he was right. Sometimes it's better for people just to think that you're off and foolish than for you to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Sometimes you just need to be still. Sometimes you just need to stop. Sometimes you just need to back up and realize, is what I'm going to say really going to matter in this situation? And sometimes it will. Sometimes it won't. Sometimes you just simply don't need.
need to say anything. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Be very cautious even with something as silly and a fun gesture to say, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Have you seen that on a sweatshirt or something like that? Super funny. I get it. No doubt. We need to be very careful of the things that come out of our mouths. We need to be very careful of the offenses that come out of our mouths. We can't control everything that people hear, no doubt. Because sometimes people are offended by things that really, truly don't make sense. But there are ways in which we can behave and things that we can say that can just make it a little bit easier for people to receive you. So if you would say something along the lines that they cuss like a sailor, I'm going to interject a little bit to say maybe maybe you should if you're going to be if you're a Christian, maybe you should be viewed as somebody a little bit different, someone a little softer. Why? Cuz especially in our culture, when you're talking to somebody, I'm not offended by like curse words. I'm not offended by foul language. I've heard it a lot. Um, I worked in the post office for crying out loud. Just, no, just kidding. I did work there, but they weren't that bad. And so I've been around all kinds of different people and believers, unbelievers. And so it really just doesn't offend me. Uh, and so, but I'm aware when it happens, I'm aware of my surroundings because when every other word is a four letter word that starts with an F, I look at that and I go, I'm just trying to look through. I'm just trying, what are you actually trying to say there? It's hard. And knowing that, they, and, and most people will say, whoa, whoa, there's little kids present. They're aware of the fact that this is rather abusive language. And people typically jump into those words whenever they're mad or angry or trying to control other people. As believers, we are not to do that. We are not to use that manipulative tool. You know this is true when you hear the person's voice go louder and these words start coming out. I want to encourage you to check that. I want to encourage you to go to the Lord and ask the Lord to guide you in that because it is simply not a healthy practice. Psalm 34, 13 tells us that then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. But wait a second, no man can tame the tongue. How am I supposed to keep you from keep from doing that? Well, as a Christian, the Holy Spirit is the one that guides, that gives wisdom, that gives the control. Us alone, we can't. We simply can't. Sometimes we just say things and you're like, I cannot believe I said that. That's where forgiveness comes into play. That's where asking for forgiveness. You know what I just said? That was wrong. We just have to have the humility and the gentleness enough to go to people and say, um, what I just said was wrong. And I ask you to forgive me. You can't actually take it back, right? Once it's out there, it's out there. Once it crosses your lips, it's just there. It's downloaded for life. But you can help soften it with humility and forgiveness by actually talking through it with somebody. So speak truth. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. The words of the wicked are like a murderous ambush. Sounds like a big deal. But the words of the godly save lives. The wicked die and disappear, but the family of the godly stand firm. Proverbs 12, continuing in 18 and 19. Some people make cutting remarks. You know a person like that? Don't point at them if they're here. 
Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. You ever talk to somebody and all of a sudden afterwards you're like, thank you for that. I really needed that. Because they spoke life. There was moments of healing that occurred through those words. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. When somebody lies about you, don't get completely bent out of shape. Sure, you don't want your reputation to be messed up. And if there's a way to kind of guide the conversation, certainly when it comes up. But you shouldn't make it your mission to be all about like chasing down lies. I am confident there is no way that I could chase down every lie about me. Things I don't even know about. I've heard some direct lies that people say, hey, I heard this. And I go, where did you hear that? And I just have to laugh it off because it's an attack of the enemy. It's the sinful desires which within us that are trying to just attack people at any, at any uh, cause, at any chance. I can't chase it. You can't chase the lies down. The truth will come out. Just sit back and let it be what it is. If you have godly character and your family is aware of this, your family, close friends, they may come to you out of respect and honor and say, I heard this thing, but it doesn't sound like you. They will know there's something off. Those people that immediately believe it, they really don't know you as well as they claim that they did. You don't even know them as well as we thought we did. What you say actually matters. Psalm 119 says, Let praise flow from my lips, for you have taught me your decrees. Let my tongue sing about your word, for all your commands are right. Give me a helping hand, for I have chosen to follow your commandments. Let praise come from your lips. Far more. Now we're going to mess up. We're not looking at perfectionism here we're looking at a sense of reality like things are going to happen so let praise continually come from your lips when you mess up follow that up with a moment of praise god thank you for reminding me and showing me that i am nothing without you i can be ignorant as a human and i just ask for your forgiveness go to god first that's the one you really need to continually stay right with and then you move forward what you say matters. The second one is how you say it matters. How you say it matters. You can say things to people in a way that they can actually receive at least a little bit easier. Just because it's truth doesn't mean it has to be harsh. In Colossians chapter 4, we read, Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. Well, my conversation is attractive. We want our conversations, the Lord is telling us that we want our conversations to be attractive, encouraging. Whenever you have to do anything along these lines, it's not attractive. It's ugly talk. It's ugly talk that you're trying to kind of like steer around and you kind of like do this and you're bringing it in. By the way, if you see somebody do that or even figuratively do that and you're just kind of like, I'm not really sure about that. Just turn and walk away. I'm not interested in worrying about being rude. Just turn away, turn around and walk away because if evil talk is abusive, demonic, I don't want any part of it. I don't want any part of it. Sometimes I've had to say, whoa, why are you sharing this? Should you be sharing this? Are you allowed to be sharing this? Right? So now we're talking about even gossip. You, what, how we say things 
really, really matters. You can speak the truth, but if you speak it in such a way where it sounds like, right, anger and and just harshness, people are going to have a hard time getting past that truth. Proverbs 31, uh, getting past the way that you said it. Proverbs 31, 26. When she speaks, this is talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. Kindness, how you say it matters. Proverbs 15.4, gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. There's nothing wrong with being gentle. Now, we would say, like, ladies, yeah, okay, I need to be a little bit more gentle. You may even understand that. And men, we would say, well, I mean, I don't want to be gentle because that might make me look weak. Actually, if you have self-control, there's no greater power that you possess than uh, really great power under control. That is a mature believer. Somebody that just flies off the handle and punches their hand through a wall, not very mature, And so you need to think through that. And if you have recently punched a wall, I don't know about it, okay? So I'm not looking at anybody. I'll just look over here and just, you might want to think through that and say, Lord, am I as mature as I think I am? Help me not to do this. My kids will never, never see me do that. Because one, I don't want to scare them in that way that dad's unpredictable and unstable. And two... That's the reason I didn't play football, because I'm kind of a wimp at times, and I don't want to hit a wall, because I think it'll hurt. (laughs) I really think it'll hurt. (laughs) So consider the strength that you have, gentlemen, and realize that gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. How you say it matters. What you say matters. How you say it matters. And how much you say matters matters. Proverbs 10:19. Now, I was wanting to leave this section out because I I have uh, I have an opportunity I, I I talk a lot and so there's times where I find myself just talking 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 to fill the void and I've had to learn to be comfortable with silence in conversations. And it's really awkward, right? When the silent, when the conversation goes quiet and I just want to fill it with something. I can't tell you how many times I've said something and I was like, "What?" Why did I say that? Because I was filling the air. Apparently, my voice has to fill the air. How much you say matters. And I'm learning this section right now. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. That's like the second time the word of God has said, shut your mouth. Aren't I supposed to speak up for myself? That's not what it's talking about. That's not what it's talking about. This here specifically is talking about be sensible. You're probably going to be better off at times to not just run off the mouth. Be slow to speak and be quick to listen. You see, too much talk that leads to sin. I'm looking at that going, that's an interesting thing. The probability, though, it makes sense. The probability of speaking senselessly goes way up with the more that I talk. So if I just speak, if I'm very careful and I, and I speak slowly and not, not even just like slow at the way that it comes out, but if I think and then I speak, these are those people that say, well, they don't talk much, but when they do, you better listen. 
Because they have carefully crafted some of the things that they want to say. They're the ones that are typically the more quiet ones. These are most likely our introverts. Our introverts that have spent hours processing what to say. And when they say it, you're like, wow. That was, first of all, you spoke. (laughs) And secondly, you're going, that was really good. Why? Because they they didn't have to be heard the whole time. And those of us extroverts... We can get ourselves in some trouble because we just don't stop. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Whatever those consequences are, if you love to keep talking, you're going to have the consequences come. The probability of sin goes way up when you don't craft your words. Proverbs 17, once again, a truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Silence is not a bad thing. Silence can actually aid in some situations. So couples, let's talk about this for a minute. You have those moments where you have somebody in your, you, have, you, you typically in a, in a marriage, you have one person that's just ready to fight and the one person that's not. And the one person that's not says like, listen, I just, I, if I start talking, I'm going to say things I regret. So those people that want to fight like right here, let's, let's, let's hash it out right here now. Give your quiet partner, <laughs> your quiet spouse, an individual, the person to say, hey, I just need to go process this for a moment because if we keep going, it's not going to go well. So give people time to think through. Maybe it's a good a cue for you to like stop for a moment and not keep going. We've talked about that when it talks about how don't let the sun go down on your anger. Well, you can absolutely go to sleep after a moment of, of you know, dispute, uh, heavy discussion, all right? But the reality is that you just pray through it. God, this isn't settled, but I'm choosing to settle it for a moment so we can get some rest and I put it in the hands of God. So the idea is that you handle it quickly, that you handle it quickly. And so how much you say matters, Sometimes you just need to back up and just let it be what it is and then regroup and move forward. I mean, consider with me for a moment how many bad things were said through our words that have divided friendships, hurt marriages, ruined reputations, and have destroyed careers. I would imagine that in many cases, it wasn't a direct attack. It was a conversation over here with somebody that somebody over here overheard. Or somebody translated in their own words. Did you hear what so-and-so was saying about you? And so we have these conversations, don't we? Did you hear this happened? Well, that could have happened that way, but it also could have happened this way. We need to acknowledge that there's always two sides to a story. We need to acknowledge the fact that the person that tells the story first seems right until somebody comes and asks questions. We need to acknowledge the fact that uh, we don't just want to run off at the mouth and things that we hear. Hey, did you know? Hey, did you hear this happen? That happened? 
What? Because if it's wrong, then you have to go back and you have to try to fix all that. And in many cases, you can't. Because you told five people, they each told a person, now 10 people, 15 people know about it. You're going to go track those people down? If you don't really know much about it, find information. There's things in, on voting ballots that I don't understand. And so I go and I ask questions. Hey, help me understand this. Hey, help me understand that. I want to know. I want to get a whole bunch of information, and I'm trying to find some truth in this. So I choose to believe that people are, are telling me the truth unless it's proven otherwise. How much you say matters. So be careful. What you say matters. How you say it matters. And how much you say matters. It determines whether or not it's really going to be life-giving or death. So what do we glean from this? Like, how do we take a next steps? How do we apply it? I think it's pretty obvious. For now, why don't we just focus our thoughts on this? I want to encourage you to pray. Pray Psalm 141.3. Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. That's your next step for today. Here's the app. This is the application right here. Pray. Psalm 141.3, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. You'll see that in your notebook there as well. And as you're doing that, as you're praying about this in your notebook, you're going to see some simple thoughts on like, well, how do I know if I should speak or not, right? Isn't that really what it comes down to? If I should speak or not? Well, you need to ask yourself these questions. Do, um, should, I, should it be said? Like, should something be said? Should it be said by me? Should it be said by me now? And that's in your notebooks. And so you can take that and you can think through that yourself. If something needs to be said, great. Does it need to be said by you? Well, maybe not. If it does, does it need to be said to you right now? If you have something very, very heavy to tell me, Please have the courtesy to not tell me super heavy things on Sunday mornings. There's a lot I'm trying to navigate, and the rest of my team's trying to navigate. And I want to encourage you, tell us, but not on a Sunday morning. When the, time, when, when the time comes that we need to maybe sit down and talk or maybe even shoot a note or something later, hey, I'd love to talk to you about something, but don't send it on a Sunday morning. We're trying to process and we're trying to think through a lot of stuff today um, and throughout the days. Nobody did that to me today. So if you said something, <laughs> was he mad at me? No, nobody's mad. I'm just saying generally be aware of that. Next week, I want you to read James chapter 4. On your way in, most everybody should have received one of these tongue depressors. I know that the, especially for kids, the um, temptation is to immediately, right, to try it. Don't do that. That's gross. And so, um, and so we wrote on here, my sweet wife was kind enough to write on 150 of these, James chapter 3. This is a reminder for you not to use it on anybody or yourself, but to put it somewhere, maybe even in somewhere where you put your pens, just set it up there and let this be a reminder that we are to be careful of what we say. That we are supposed to be aware of how it even treats, how we treat people with our words. Because what we say matters. How we say it matters. And how much we say matters.
Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the book of James, this letter that we're learning from. I just give this to you now, Lord, as we speak your truth, as we have just been flooded with scripture. Uh, personally, I feel fulfilled and excited about so much uh, scripture that supports scripture in this vein. And I pray that we'll be able to process through this this week. And if nothing else, being aware of the fact that we need to be careful of the things that come out of our mouths. And so, Lord, may our words be a blessing to you. May it be a representation of you. If we truly are ambassadors for Christ, we speak on his behalf even, then what comes out of our mouth should be very carefully thought out. But we're human. And so when we mess up, uh, remind us to ask for forgiveness. And then keep moving forward as followers, as saints. Thank you so much for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, as we get ready to head out here today, uh, just a, a brief announcement. Uh, one of our dear, sweet uh, church family members has went to be with the Lord this week. Um, John C. Kane, Chief Kane's father, uh, Eileen Kane's husband, who typically they sit over here on this side in the back. Um, and and, and John, John was a great man, a super great guy. He and I had the same barber. He was much shinier than me. I don't know how he did that, but he was. And he was notorious for just kind of drifting off to sleep, no matter where he was. Breakfast on Tuesday mornings with a group of people that meet together, um, and, you know, family gatherings, and uh, Sunday mornings. Uh, when I first met uh, John, I looked over and I went, huh, I better kick it up a little bit because brother's over there like this. And then I come to know John and I realized, oh, that's not about me. He does that for everybody. And so on uh, Tuesday, I, uh, Monday night, I got the note that, um, that he and his uh, sweet wife were in a car accident. And uh, John has since passed away as of, I believe it was Thursday afternoon. Uh, services and calling hours will be this week, Monday and Tuesday is the information. You can go on to uh, Laver Funeral Home. And it's listed on there, John C. Kane. If you want to go to the calling hours, they'll be held here in Mogador at Donovan's Funeral Home. Uh, it used to be Lovers, as many of you know, and so we like to keep everything here in Mogador. The family does. And so be, be encouraged uh, to pray over the family and to know that for John, he's totally fine. He's good. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And he is dancing. He is singing, I'm sure. He's having a good old time with his Savior. Those of us that are left behind, that's the hardship, no doubt. And so we want to be uh, confident in knowing that we grieve as those who have hope, not as those who do not. Uh, this world gets harder and harder as, as time goes on. It, uh, we need to keep our focus Keep our focus on Jesus and Jesus alone. Otherwise, this world can cause us to sink very, very quickly. Will you stand with me receive the blessing of the Lord as we head out here today? Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Now say it with me. Go and be the church.